Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Quick up, Petrangelo shoots it off the high glass behind the goal. Knights do it in the middle of the shot, off the post and into the goal! That was on the tape. William Carrier finds the back of the net. Vegas ties it 2-2 with six minutes to play. Eichel looks to the back door. Theodore cutting, he scores! Eichel to Theodore. The Knights win it in overtime. 3-2 Vegas. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Hill is here. Ari's running the show today as we're live at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Thanks to Battleborn Injury Lawyer, 766-1400. The number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. A lot going on right now in LV Sports Network. Uh, if you want to flip over to Raider Nation Radio 920, 920 AM, they're doing college basketball talk. It's the uh, first edition of this year's Kevin Kruger radio show. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, and the coach are hanging out at Bailiwick inside the Orleans. You get a chance on the way home, if you're driving around town, stop in. Stop in. It's uh, just about every Wednesday, a couple of Tuesday spots, but every Wednesday, 5 o'clock, live at Bailiwick. It's the uh, Kevin Kruger radio show, and we are leading into a 6 o'clock start Marcus Arroyo radio show with Russ Langer. Uh, I'm on the show as well, and of course, Caleb Herring, 6 o'clock tonight for the Marcus Arroyo radio show. A lot going on. A lot going on today. We just had a listener send in a, a good note about Kyrie Irving. I think I should get to it now because especially on the road, I have a habit of uh, moving on too quickly. I'll admit that is one of my many faults. We had a listener on Twitter send over uh, Tev Campbell, send over a note from Tim Bontemps, NBA insider for uh, ESPN, reads the Nets, Kyrie Irving, and the Anti-Defamation League have put out a joint statement saying, in part, that Kyrie Irving and the Nets will each donate $500,000 towards causes and organizations that work to eradicate hate and intolerance in our communities. Okay. That's awesome. Now you still have to do one more thing, Kyrie Irving. Apologize and, and distance yourself from it? Yes. Yes. And stop saying Alex Jones is right about things. I mean, that, you know what? Put that again, put that on the list of the other 49 conspiracy theories that, you know, maybe he needs to give a straight story on. But no, he needs to go on video and make a statement because not everyone's going to see this. And, and this is a nice donation. And I hope it goes to good causes. And I hope it makes a difference. But when you've got a few money, you can buy yourself out of issues or you think you can he had a lot of impact as did Kanye they both had a lot of impact in what they said and being connected to anti-semites and anti-semitic messages he needs to be on video so that is distributed all over social media because a lot of people who agree with him well one they might not change their minds but others who were kind of swayed in his direction may not see this note that he gave money well, and then you all have a lot of people just saying, oh, he, he was silenced by big right. government. Or he was big, forced to do this. Yeah. And it's and he needs to, so then he needs to address that as well. I was not silenced. What he needs to do, honestly, what he needs to do is, to, and, and he can, just like he responded to the reporter the other day, I don't need to do anything. Okay. Well, then there are repercussions, right? 
You may lose some business interest of your own. Kanye is taking a freaking beating, right? He's still filthy rich, but. So I don't have to tell him to do anything, but my advice would be you need to speak on this. You need to distance yourself from the movie. I think he also needs to admit, like our NBA insider said in the first hour, it's it's looking more and more like Kyrie really didn't know all the messages that were in the movie. Yeah. That he didn't it fit, actually it watch fit it. in one box that he wants to support, and he didn't realize a lot of the details. And I think it's important to come out and say, listen, these are the messages. He did it because he did it. The crazy thing is no one played the question that he answered right before the back and forth on the anti-Semitic movie. And as you joked, and you were kind of serious as well, on Alex Jones, oh, he was able to differentiate more recent Alex Jones and distance himself from a bunch of messages and then go back and say, well, but I agree with this one that he said 30 years ago or 20 years <laughs> right. ago. He parsed through that one real nicely. Yeah. it's There's a lot more steps he has to take than just this quiet, here's a donation, here's a post, let's move on. Like It, it needs to be addressed because part of, part of the issue of when people say, hey, I, it's free speech, I can say what I want, and those things are all true – but there are people that even if even if you back off of it or you change your mind or you clarify, there are people that look at it as, hey, this is my opportunity. You look at the people that are holding signs over the freeways in L.A., like, have never done it before. And they're like, yeah, I agree with that. Now is my now I've been given the green light to go do these things and say these things. And and now they're not going to they're not going to back away from it and they're not going to make donations. They don't have those that kind of means. Not, I mean, a donation doesn't fix it. Like you need to address the actual issue of, hey, I've I've been now been made aware of what the full movie is. I didn't watch the full movie, or whatever you're going to say, or whatever is true. Make that clear. If you had only watched two minutes of a movie and said, "Oh, I like this part," didn't see the rest of it being awful and disgusting and vile, like, "Oh, I watched the rest of it. It's awful. This message is horrific. This should not have been done." Like those sort of things. That that's what needs to be done. Or if you if you don't if he believes this, then go ahead and say that, and then we can all make our judgments on you based on that. Some more headlines at five o'clock here on a Wednesday. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Cofield and Company. Let me play a clip for you here from uh, your favorite show, the Pat McAfee Show. Is Reese Davis, ESPN college football anchor, is talking about uh, what's going to happen with this playoff because a lot of college football playoff, a lot of people are feeling right now like, hey. If you have all these unbeaten teams, this may force the overlords of college football to move the 12-team playoff up a year or two. Here's what Davis was telling McAfee. My guess is, and it's nothing more than a guess, I think we'll have this system. Obviously, we're going to have this year. I think we'll definitely have this system next year. But my guess is is that by well, that by 24, maybe 25 at the latest, but by 24, I think we can probably get to the place where there will be the the 12-team playoff. Six highest-ranked conference champions. So what, what's the sixth one, the American Conference? Used last Hell night's yeah. rankings and pretended that those were the final. Um, the highest-ranked, next highest-ranked conference champion would be Tulane at number 19. Okay. I think McAfee was playing stupid there. He knows that it's a, the highest-ranked group of five conference champion. They're not putting the American as the sixth conference. There is not a power six. Right. Yeah. Just the next rank one, which... Again, I want it to be all conference champions in. And then you have your whatever, 11 at large, or it'll be at that point, 
whatever, whatever, six at large, five conference champions from the Power Five, five group of five, and then you know set your six team team field that way. But however, you're going to work it. And then I saw, of course, I saw people last night. Oh, we really need Tulane in the in the playoff? Yeah, we need every and, team at yeah, the start of the year. If they're the best, if they're the best group of five, every group of five team can at least have the the slightest of dreams that they can get in because it doesn't exist right now. No. They're not getting in the Final Four. No. It's not going to happen. They could win every game by 50 Although Cincy did get in last year, so I guess you could, you could put that you know feather in your hat and say, hey, it happened. Sure, but it, it, essentially most teams start the year knowing, a lot of teams start the year knowing they could win every game by 50 points and they're not going to get in. You know what's a sobering thought? I remember doing radio. I think I've told the story on the air before. Um, when I did shows with the Sports Big, Mike Response, it was 2000 when they announced like an eight year extension on the BCS at the time. And it happened during the day and we came in, you know, same, same slot. We did, you know, one early evening show and he laughed and laughed and laughed at me. Cause I was so mad. I was so depressed. Really? I'm like, we have to stick with this. And think about this, that by the time we get the 12 team playoff and I'm glad we were, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and complain when we're finally getting what we wanted, but 25 years. Still going 25 years of my life! As a big college football fan, I had to wait 25 years. And other college football fans, a lot of them who feel like they're on the outside looking in, while the NCAA basketball tournament is awesome, right? And gives everyone a chance at the start of the season. And dreams can come true. And the little guy can make a run to the Final Four and sometimes even to the national title game. Uh, like Butler did, or the little guy can even buy their way to the table like Gonzaga does with their resources now, right? Everyone's got a shot. And by the way, by the by the way, to the Big 12. Saw that today. Well, I wanted to get to that. Yeah, but, I, but it's... I, no, let's, let's mention it. So, go ahead. Intro the story. Well, the, Gonzaga now you know, believes that they have the resources and that they need to make a move and they're going to try to get to the Big 12. And there's been discussions between them and the league. Yes. And there's been discussions with the Pac-12. So the storyline today is, well, the Big 12 is talking to Gonzaga. Pac-12, don't blow it. I think this is such hogwash. One, I don't think that the Big 12 has an interest in adding Gonzaga in Spokane, Washington. <laughs> A basketball power, yeah, and they're good no at a football. couple, of, and they're good at a couple other Olympic sports. Basketball still does not hold the might money wise. What does it add to the table? I, I think much of this is Gonzaga leaking it. No, much of it is the PR war that's going on between the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. And hey, Klayovkov's played into it, right? They've gone back and forth. They're both new commissioners. They're both trying to impress the fans and all the presidents. I think this is a complete PR move. Like, oh. Come on, Pac-12. I actually think you'd be duping the Pac-12 into taking Gonzaga. And I'll, I'll, I'll make a prediction, right? And it may not be three years from now or five years from now. Um, it could be if Mark Few shows a lack of discipline, you know, away from the court, which he already <laughs> did. Um, so I don't know what goes on in that guy's life. But when Mark Few is gone, let's see what Gonzaga basketball is like. Because it was good. And the coaches before Few were good. They've reached another level. And what happens at places like Butler and Wichita in basketball and Boise in football, there generally will come an end to the line. Like Boise is bouncing back now to have a good year. Boise is not what Boise was and what Boise fans think it should be now 
which was a team that could win 10 or 11 games. That has slowed down. I don't believe Gonzaga is always going to be Gonzaga. And you're the Big 12. You're going to take Gonzaga basketball. And then 10 years from now, you're like, wait, they're not a national power. And we have to go to Spokane, Washington, and they don't have any football. And we're giving them a full share of the money or, you know, a big share of the money. And the other example to look for, right? So remember this. Hopefully we're doing a show together a few years from now. If Mark Few is gone, let's see what Gonzaga is. Because there are a lot of one-coach programs out there. Hell, in town, UNLV has been trying to fight back to Tark days for 30 years now. Right? I'll give you the one to also look for. Let's see what Villanova is about four years from now without Jay Wright. Good basketball program. Yeah. And won a national championship with Raleigh. Remember, that national championship team was actually like an 18-win team when they went into the tournament and made a miraculous run. And Gonzaga, just like Villanova, right? Parochial school, awesome at basketball, having a great era right now. Was it Jay Wright? Or does the school have everything in place to be good forever? I don't know. We'll find out. Right? Might become – it used to be a middle-of-the-road Big East team. Might become that again without Jay Wright. Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting on Gonzaga's part, too. Like, they obviously see something coming in the landscape of college sports. Yeah, the money. They want the money. They're in a great situation. They're, 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 in a, they're in a perceived power position that they bring a lot to the table in men's basketball, and they're looking around. They're like, ooh, we can get in on one of these conferences with a thirty to forty million dollar share and not have football. Oh boy! No, but aren't they? I think they make more independent. They can sell their own rights. Essentially, I mean, the West Coast Conference is them for thirty to forty million dollars uh, for for that. They could do a, a special deal for the West Coast Conference and be like, "We're going to take eighty percent of the money." What is the West Coast Conference going to do? Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I got to look that up. I don't know. I'm assuming the West Coast Conference deal would be, what, two million dollars a school? I don't, I don't know what it is from ESPN. So, but I mean, without, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not without saying, saying the specifics, right. I would say that letting Gonzaga take eighty percent of a share with Gonzaga, that just say oh, that number. Sa- no, I wasn't is saying more than more than what they would get if they didn't. No, have I wasn't Gonzaga. saying the West Coast like should step up and go get out. Like that's not no. what I was saying. I'm talking about the money's generated. Are they anywhere close for Gonzaga right now to what you could get in the Pac-12 if the Pac-12 does land a deal for 30 to $35 million, kind of where they are right now, or bigger as Klyavkov is claiming? It's interesting. Gonzaga can't be making that much money from its TV deal. It can't. It's got to be a big jump up. We'll, we'll look it up. Yeah. We'll look it up. Um, you know, prime example on the flip side of it, right? I think Gonzaga's got a window. Wichita had a window. Butler had a window, Right. You buy yourself to the table. You have success. Can it keep going on forever? You know who goes on forever? And the NCAA is fine with it, clearly. Kansas. <laughs> Kansas is not a one-coach program. No. It never has been. Kansas is one of the five Blue Bloods. It just is. They've got everything in place, and they've got a rep, and kids want to go there, and they have the, the resources, whether they do it legal or, or uh, illegally. This latest news on the FBI investigation going back to 2017 – and we know Kansas, it's, it, it's, it was, they were at the top of the heap playing the game the way you have to play the game recruiting-wise. Yeah. They just imposed four-game suspensions for Bill Self and the guy who, uh, you know, people believe was kind of the, you know, most staffs have a bag man, kind sure. of the, the organizer of what you have to do to win at the highest level. Curtis Townsend, he's an assistant, longtime assistant. They both just got self-imposed by the school, four-game suspensions this year. Really. 
that's that a, this is going to be it. Big, big. That's tough, man. Now, how are they going to get through those first four non-conference games of the season? Well, one's a Champions Classic game, yeah. which is it's a big game or whatever, but they're going to be fine making the tournament. Yeah. They had a couple of scholarship reductions too, which won't affect them because they'll work their way around it by giving some in-state kid a fake basketball scholarship and put them on the team, whatever they're going to do. You're, you're a walk-on and your NIL deal is worth $1.7 million. Of course. It, it's This is preposterous. And hopefully the NCAA doesn't go for this. Like, all too often the NCAA is like, yeah, hey, self-imposed, cool, you're good. That's what that's what you're trying to do yep. when you self-impose. You're trying to hope the NCAA just accepts it. Hopefully they do not. Yep. And no one ever nailed it on the NCAA like Tark, you know, who would often say, hey, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so uh, blue blood is cheating, so they went and penalized, you know, little guy. <laughs> right? So stupid. They're never going to get Kansas. No. They're never going to go after a Kansas. No. It's funny. Even as of like four or five years ago, when this was all starting up, there were people around the Kansas community who were like, nah, I mean, they, they yeah, they don't do anything dirty. I'm like, what? How are you still buying this? It's frustrating for fans and, and observers and yeah. people who follow it, but you also know that this has been the way it is for 40 years. Coming up next, let's get into the NFL. Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, spoke this morning. We'll see what he had to say, and we'll get you some injury updates from around the AFC West. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Josh McDaniels comes to the Raiders this year, guys, and he's supposed to be some offensive guru, right? I don't even know if it's really his fault at times because Derek doesn't even pass to our wide receivers. Check down to Josh Jacobs. Check down to Foster Moreau. Check down to Josh Jacobs. Check down to Foster Moreau. We don't utilize our receiver. I don't know why in these times we keep playing the uh, heroic, triumphant Raider theme music. Uh, you hear fan there up on social media flipping out about not using receivers. Check down, check down, check down. Check down. It's, also, oh. it's Foster Morrow. I'll get it right. That's right. Yeah, get it right. No one's ever said it, Morrow. Uh, old story for another day. Uh, about five minutes away from getting to what Dave Ziegler said today. Raiders in Florida. They decided on this trip a long time ago that they would uh, stay in the southeast after the Saints game, getting ready for Jacks. Boy, so much to get to with the World Series. Fight Just started up game four. Just started up game four, and we got a couple of great themes. I want to get the Bryson stop before the end of the show. But, you know, the other storyline we've been following is this guy, the mattress guy, and all the money he could win on the World Series. He cannot be happy right now, especially with what happened last night. And, you know, we... We mentioned what it's like when you're a fan of a another team going into Philly. I'm not saying don't go to the game, but sitting in the crowd amongst the Philly hooligans, you're running the risk. I'm not saying you should get your ass kicked, but they're going to be vocal. And it sounds like last night that, hey, Mac is the one who's wanted all this publicity and people knew who he was in Philly. So what happened? Uh, they were screaming at him, shouting him down as he left the stadium. Uh, the reports are, and I think this is probably accurate, he told the newspaper 
in Houston that he was being harassed about Jose Altuve and whether he's good or not and whether he belongs in the Hall of Fame. And you do hear a fan screaming at him, he'll never be in the Hall of Fame. He'll never be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what do you, what do you care, first of all? So Mattress Mac was just uh, responding with F off, F off, F off, F off repeatedly uh, at these fans. Looked to be very angry, obviously, with the result of the game. And then uh, Mattress Mac, right as the video was leaking uh, onto social media, he posted some scripture from the from the Bible, which, why? I, I mean, you did what you did. Who cares? I, is anybody outraged that he was cursing? No. But no, I wasn't cursing. I'm, you know, God, God it was only God carrying me through. Like, but he was cursing. Of course he was. And that's how you make up for it? I guess so. I guess that's what he has to do. What, Which, what again, else? like you said, I don't care if he's cursing. He's, if he's, he's cursing? amongst a crowd of freaking lunatics. Yeah. You, you, you fight back. That's fine. Yeah. I'm all for it. You don't need to apologize or come up with some other reason. I, it's just curse. Okay. I don't want to go down a path of people have told us multiple times. We tell this, uh, this is not a gambling story. It's really an insurance story. Of course it is. You know, we always get responses from people about how great he's been and, you know, what a wonderful person. Yeah, just because he got gotten and started cursing at the fans. I'm not going to say not, he's, not a, he's not a good guy. I'm I don't more, know. I'm more outraged him. that he would try to cover it up. Well, is he covering it up by sending out scripture or maybe he felt bad and, you know, wanted to ask for forgiveness? No. Or was he being stand on the pulpit and point down at people? I think that's what I think oh, that's boy. what it is. Okay. Uh, giveaway time. Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp in town at the Palms inside the Pearl 8 o'clock show. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Ari's got a pair right now. 364-1100, 364-1100, caller 7. Get a chance to go check out Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp playing this Friday, 8 o'clock. The Pearl at the Palms. Grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2 to 5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77-cent beers. It's Thursday Night Football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. The frustration's warranted. I'd say we're seven games in to a new regime, a new organization, a new way of doing things. And, uh, you know... For us, up to this point, it hasn't um, gone as quick as we would have liked it to go, um, but we're not wavering in our approach, and we're going to keep, you know, stick with our plan, improve it as we go along, and again, we're confident the results will come. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Top two scoreless game with the Astros and the Phillies in Game 4 of the World Series. You hear Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, on the way back. So how'd that whole thing go? Uh, I mean, it's pretty much standard, what you might expect of uh, a team that kind of stood pat at the trade deadline. Uh, Dave Ziegler said there was a lot of conversations. Conversation, he said there were conversations with every team in the league, as there should be, uh, about where they stood and where the Raiders stood and what they could get. And, you know, between either being buyers or sellers, which they could have potentially been both, uh, they were open to trading. Uh, players for picks they were open to acquiring players for picks and they never got the value on either side that they wanted and they weren't going to do a deal that didn't bring them value either in picks or players uh, that they wanted both for this year and the future and so they decided not to make any any moves they also have a line mentioning something about the direction of the franchise that after seven games they're not going to veer from where they're intended destination is yeah he's not going to let seven a seven game stretch of games 
impact the plan for the future. What's the plan for the future? Who would they have traded that would have affected the plan for the future? Well, I think... Like, what, were they getting offers on Max Crosby? I think what they're saying more is that, you know, they weren't going to necessarily tank. Uh, they weren't gonna, saying he didn't want to trade draft picks to try to add. Either way. You didn't okay. want to trade away draft picks to try to add players, and you didn't want to trade away players to acquire draft picks. Like, they, they've got a plan. It's to try to compete now and in the future. And they didn't want to change either way. They didn't want to say, well, our players compete now and in the future, but now we're just going to compete in the future by tanking. Or we're going to go all in and forget about the future and trade all the picks away and try to make a move because when you're two and five, that would be very silly to do. Uh, so he just said, you know, these seven games, whether you want to say, hey, they're they're a complete failure and they're done and they should be thinking about the future, they weren't going to to make that approach. But they also weren't going to uh, to mortgage a bunch of future assets for current success. You're cool with that? Well, I thought they should rebuild before the season. You actually did say they should tear it down when they first came yeah. in. Yeah, that's when you have some now, now, as it turned out, they tinkered in, in a big way to try to add and tr you know trade a first and a second for Devontae Adams and lock him in for $29 million a year. I, I mean, Now I, where are they? And, and you know, it kind of goes back to the whole, I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out, and I haven't always heard people be consistent with this on understanding what the Derek Carr contract looks like, but you pointed out immediately – that it's really not a long-term contract, even though it said, you know, extension worth over $100 million. Yeah, it's a one-year deal. They can get out after one year. Now, they can also pick up the contract for one year and trade them. That potentially could be the move. Or keep them if you, if you want to do that. But uh, to me, I would have I would have traded away pretty much everyone before the season uh, and, and thought about the future and acquired a bunch of picks and used this year to just build up young players and try to tank for a high draft pick and draft a quarterback next season and – you know, move forward from there. That's that's what my plan would have been. Now, seven games into the season, after having gone all in, I might have thought about, hey, who can we get? Who can we trade? Can we trade Josh Jacobs for something? Can we trade, you know, whoever? Denzel Perriman for something? Can we trade Cleef Earl for something? What can you get for Jonathan Abram? Like, those sort of things, because I would want to lose every game from here on out and draft highly. If they Right now, if the season ended, it's not that crazy to think they can have a high pick. They'd be picking sixth right now. And Sunday would become a big game in that scenario because you're tied, with, essentially tied with the Jaguars. They're picking fourth, and you might have that tiebreaker at the end of the year. So I would be looking to lose games. That's what I would do. But I also don't have my job at stake, and I don't have to think about fans and tickets and all those other things. I would just think about what, what is my best path to winning a Super Bowl, and it's not this year. It's probably two, three, four years from now, and I would be building up my team to try to do that. But that's not the decision they made, and it's kind of tough – to completely change course after seven games. This really is incredible how this has worked out. I mean, this is why we watch sports in the end. Yeah. The unpredictability of it. There's only a few givens around all of sports and even situations where we think it's a given. Like, I mean, look at the NBA. Hey, these, you know, big two and big threes, these are great, are they? Because they, a lot of them suck this year so far. Um, but think about the Knights and the Raiders. We've got New England imports in from or for both organizations, Cassidy's success is through the freaking roof. McDaniel's success looks like he's back in Denver. Ziggler now, people are like, okay, what are they doing here? Some of the moves they made don't look that great. I mean, the Chandler Jones move. Oh, boy. Based on the production. Did yeah. I see Josh Dubow do a comparison of Arden Key in his production yes. versus Chandler Jones? That is insane. Yeah. That Arden Key on like a one-year deal for $4 million, a former Raiders draft pick, 
is outproducing Chandler Jones. Now, is Chandler Jones taking attention away from Max Crosby to have the season that he's having? Okay, maybe. I don't think so. No, I mean it all. But you, you can know, make that argument. It is intertwined. But anyway, my my overall point is you've now got a situation, and it's early with the Knights, but you've now got a situation where people were loving on Ziggler, and now they're frustrated. They're like, okay, does this guy know what he's doing? And Kelly McCrimmon looks great. What yeah. world are we in? And I'm not saying Kelly McCrimmon isn't good, but boy, after last season, there weren't a lot of people checking the box for McCrimmon. No, no, for sure not. And, you know, you you kind of understand why, because all, a, a lot of people just want to look at wins and losses and say there's nothing else there. Now, obviously, if you listen to this show, we, we told you that just getting healthy was going to make them a lot better. And sometimes that is the case. Sometimes those things do happen. But even, even with, with health, there still was question marks about goaltending and about a new coach and a new system and how quickly you can learn it and pick it up. Would this be a team that's much better at the end of the year than the beginning of the year? How, how long is it going to take? Hasn't taken long. Now, maybe that's fool's gold and maybe, you know, it's going to even out a little bit. Teams are going to catch on to what they're doing and, you know, adjust to that possibly. But uh, through nine games for the Knights and through seven games for the Raiders, very, very different results. And I think opposite of what a lot of people believe was going to happen. Today after Cofield and Company, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Phillies bottom of the second now, Las Vegas Phillies. Scoreless. One out, bottom of the second. Scoreless. Castellanos strikes out on a curveball. Uh, just to finish up on that Raiders point about, you know, money spent, players acquired. Right now, the whole thing's not working very well at two and five. And one of the uh, Raiders AP writers, Josh Dubow, Chandler Jones, half sack, 16 pressures, 220 pass uh, rush snaps. Arden Key, former Raider, two sacks, 13 pressures on 135 pass rush snaps. Key, one-year deal, $4 million for the Jags. They'll face him this week. Chandler Jones, three years, $51 million. So, struggles in a lot of areas right now. Not so much for VGK. Out of the gates at 9-2. and two. Best record ever in their short history through 11 games. Meanwhile, Boston is kicking ass without Bruce Cassidy. And why don't we check in on Pete DeBoer? What's going on with him? First place, Pete DeBoer? Wow. Okay. Early. Early. Not only is VGK having success, everyone tied to VGK. And any loose connection to VGK is having success. It's a good start to the season. They're off to a 1-0 start after the Caps win. You think they go two and two from here in this five game set? I mean, I think that's the goal. Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Buffalo. Yeah. Is Buffalo going to be tough? Didn't they already get all their Eichel anger out, or are they going to be angry every time he comes to town? Probably every time, okay. especially because you got to look. He's ha- he's playing so well. Yeah. I'm sure the fans are like, "This is what we wanted to see. This is the guy we wanted." But I'm sure. Look, conversely, if you start feeding the hate, Eichel's going to be turning it up too. So. 
Be careful what you wish for. The guy is playing out of his mind right now. He's unbelievable. I think December 5th is the uh, Cassidy return to Boston. That should be fun, too. Well, why would they be mad at him? They're going to be mad. It'll just okay. be an interesting... Right. I was like, it's, you know... Eichel wanted out. Right. Cassidy didn't want out of Boston. No. Returns are always returns are always interesting and fun, okay. though. What will happen when... Well, uh, Cassidy also fell short a couple times of what they wanted to have happen there, so... Probably not thrilled with him. When is DeBoer here? Oof, I have to look at the schedule. That'll be interesting, too. What do you think your reaction will be? 50-50? It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, he got fired. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll be negative at all. I don't think they're going to be playing a tribute video or anything. No. <laughs> but I think uh, the, the crowd will be fine. Especially if VGK is winning. Like, if, if they're that still puts everyone in a good at, mood at this level, hey, it worked out. worked out for him. They're in first place. The Knights are in first place. works out for everyone. My God. Do they never play Dallas? Yeah, they're uh, 16th of January. Dallas is in town. It's right around when the uh, the Capitals are here, I think. Now, you made a snide remark earlier, and I... What? Me? Yeah, I know. Bryson Stott has become a big fan favorite in Philly, and part of the fun includes his walk-up song, and the crowd goes crazy and sings along with it. I like this song. Living in this big blue world With my head up in outer space I know I'll be A-O-A-O-K I know I'll be A-O-A-O-K When I see trouble come The whole crowd sings that. That's cool. Now you seem to be jamming to it with uh, whatever neck movement you're doing. Very catchy, right? It's a good, positive sports song. Sports song. Well, it's now a sports song. Fair enough. Do you like it? That's very catchy. Why did you say? I thought you said a stupid song an hour ago. I mean, it's not. Not great, but it works for the purpose. Okay. It's it's catchy and uplifting. It's just not my type of jam. Like more of downtrodden, tough, mean streets. Sure. Wherever Adam's grown up. It's like the this is like the, the new mean, the mean streets of Adam's life. This is the new Bobby McFerrin. Okay. Yeah. I think it's better than that song. Way it's way better than yeah, that. Yes, so that was terrible. Of course. Okay, so uh we got stock coming up to the plate now. At first, oh, I was singing. Like, at first, I was like, "Well, they, they, we can't turn off the audio." But uh, at first, I was like, "Who's the old guy?" Did you see that uh, Gene Segura? There's a couple things with Gene Segura. One, do you see the alley oop they do uh, after victories? Oh uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Stott runs in. Someone, someone throws the pass. Segura sets up the hoop, and uh, Stott jams a little alley oop. I don't know how high he's getting. Segura said that uh, Stott looks like he's 34 or 35. Like he, he plays and acts like a veteran. Well, it's better than it's better than early in the season. You remember the uh, uh, MLB The Show, I believe, had a, like he he was just super fat on the video game. Oh, the Adam was a fat guy. And Bryson Stott was like, no, he, he, he said he wasn't going to play it until they fixed it. Oh, really? Yeah. They they fixed those mid season, uh, like uh, Madden. Yeah, update, they, okay. constant updates. All right, it's a good way to put it. Constant updates, not fix them. Yeah. So if you if you make a request and you're you're too fat, they'll thin you out. 
What if I think you, in his what, case, what, he looked ridiculous. He was playing shortstop, and it was like it was me or you out. Like there. what if? Yeah, okay, there you go. What if it was Reyes Maranta, who's like 6'1", 300 pounds, and he's like oh, too fat, and they're like, nah, well, we're not changing it. It's an exact no model. updates. Yeah, we actually used you as the model. Yeah, and, you put on the bodysuit, yeah. and uh, we actually we gave you we did you a favor. We slimmed you down a little bit. <laughs> it was very nice, very nice of us. So You're welcome. It's not becoming a fan favorite. Bryce Harper certainly a fan favorite in Philly. And we'll see if they win the World Series. Well, then they'll be A-O-A-O-K. You're into it. I know you are. <laughs> it's, it's catchy. You can tell. It's cool when the crowd sings it. There, there's no doubt about that. Did you see the uh, city has fought back against the Astros on the ground between these games? They're like, we won't feed them? Yep. Restaurants are, if they know it's the Astros trying to order a bunch of food, they're like, nope. So some pizza place, Angelo's, said no. You know this will take off like freaking wildfire. The whole city, every restaurant in the city will be like, nope. Well, won't somebody starve. say yes and pull the uh, Utah on Jordan, poison it? That is another route to go. I mean, I don't believe that. I believe Jordan went to Vegas, but yeah. the, the, the official story from him is that the local pizza place poisoned his food, made him sick. That's what you should do, I feel like. I, I've told you this story. I experienced this when uh, my, my brother's first ever college basketball game was at Columbus the night before Michigan-Ohio State football. Okay. And uh, we obviously wore Yale gear for the basketball game, but then when we went out, we put Michigan sweatshirts and oh. uh, everything on. And we were, Why would you do that? Because we were in Columbus. You're we're, insane. We're presenting. And a couple of restaurants were like, no. Nah. It, it wasn't, they weren't even being jerks. Like, I'm not saying that. Yeah, they were just safe. like, not say it's not good. Don't yep. come in here. No. So we've gone through this before. Yeah. I told you, I, I back, say, 25 years ago, I really wasn't as aware as I should have been on the Michigan State Ohio State rivalry. And, we were on the road, probably like 97, doing a show at the Buckeye Hall of Fame Cafe. And someone on the staff thought it was funny to give me a Michigan hat. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And, man, it was scary. Yeah. Like, grannies were looking at me want to whoop my ass. Yeah. Well, the, not funny. Yeah. It's the, they are not happy. They're, they're, uh-huh. they're angry people. I told you one of the local bars here that I used to uh, frequent that closed was a big Michigan bar. And Ohio State fans tried to come in and, like, every time. Get out, like screaming, screaming, leave. Especially right at, it was right after a couple of years ago, right after a Michigan Ohio State game. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Dude, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, they're rude to me. What are you, an idiot? Yeah, yeah. Leave. Stay, stay out. Yeah, we weren't. It's oh, not that serious. It's just sports. It's that serious we, for these we, people. Leave. We weren't, we weren't shocked or angry. <laughs> we were like, yeah, that, that makes sense. We'll go find somewhere else. Move on. Next did. question. So. You do see what's happening here with the Warriors, right? Yeah, we're just this working, is we're this just is going to be out. an uphill climb for a while until well, one of two things is going to happen. Clay Thompson is going to get back to a better form, or the realization is going to be there for the Warriors that it's just not going to happen, and he needs to have limited minutes. I'm not talking about 15, but maybe he only needs to play 25 minutes, or maybe he needs to come off the bench. Like he may never get it back. He had two ridiculously severe. Leg yeah. injuries. Yeah. We're just, and, and guess what? It happens. You get old. Roles change. Def Curry doesn't get old, apparently. Yeah. We're just working some things out right now. There's We're no, working there's no concern whatsoever. Um, you're right. Clay Thompson will get better, or they'll find a better role for him, a uh, more fitting role, or hey, we'll make the trade and get KD back if we have to. You're not getting KD back. We might. You never know. He wants out. If we need him, we'll go get him. But I'm not concerned about, not. about the Warriors. I, If I were a Lakers fan, I'd be concerned. If I'm a 
since I am a Warriors fan, not concerned about the Warriors. We'll be fine. Did Draymond Green pay the officials the other day to bust the chops of Jordan Poole? Are we, are we, what so. are we in grade school here? What are we doing? What it are we calling? Like it. It, it's so weird when these things happen. It's, it's happened before in, in other situations of like you just decide to start calling something. They decided to start calling carries on Jordan Poole. He carries pretty much every time he touches the ball, just like almost every player in the league does. And they called three of them. That's why I don't watch the league. Me, me neither. Back so, in my day, they had to follow the rules. Except, except the Dubs games. That's it. That's all I watch. But they all I did, all I did right there was use material from 2003 fans who complained about sure. Allen Iverson, of course. And I'm sure it wasn't carries, but it, it was probably something else in 1982 for NBA fans harkening back to 1964. But the, of course, the look on Jordan Poole's face in the third one was just like, all right. <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess. And look, there was something the, the officials for whatever reason, decided we're going to do this today and then overturned a call. There was a call against – Steph Curry got fouled on a three when they were down three in the final final minute, and they overturned it and said it wasn't a foul. It was clearly a foul. And even if it wasn't, there was zero angles that showed that it wasn't a foul. So they just decided to not uh, not call a foul there, which essentially was the biggest moment of the game. Um, I don't get what was going on, but, again, it's early in the season. This is just about figuring some things out. It's a loss, probably on the officials, but it's fine. Relax. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You've sent over the story multiple times, and I'm very curious on it. We've got the World Cup starting up here November 20th, right? Yeah. Are you more interested in the event or where the event is and the potential oddities of being in Qatar? Because I know you very much get into the predictions of disaster, when the Olympics have landed in weird spots. Sure. Not weird. Uh, we'll, I think, we'll say totalitarian spots yeah. or fascist governments. Well, and usually you're not going to have many crazy things happen there because they make sure nothing is allowed to happen uh, through really, really gross means. There could be bizarre uh, There could be bizarre treatment of the athletes, though. It, it's going to be like, – There's been some stories already with Cutter. Like there was some yeah. sort of registration where it was like spyware on your phone. Like what? what they're going to do that to all the athletes. Are people going to fight back? Yeah. And some of the – I mean, first of all, the way that they constructed the stadiums in the, in the World Cup areas is horrific and awful and disturbing. Oh, yeah. And bringing in slave labor. It's going to certainly dampen my enthusiasm for the World Cup because yeah. it's, it's uncomfortable, but I'm not, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to enjoy the games. I'm still going to be into them. Um, and yeah, I'll monitor certainly news that's going on during the event of what, of how it's being handled and some of the interesting ways that they're going to be able to maybe sell alcohol, but probably not at most of the venues. And uh, there's a lot of, Crazy isn't things. like aren't their biggest some of their biggest sponsors liquor yeah okay not in the not in the stadiums where do you have to go like underground they're gonna have like a an, a, a spot outside where you can consume and purchase but it's like one limited area but you can't drink in the stadium no Ooh, wow unless they're okay. changing something because that was the, that was the plan that they're not going to what about this what, i'm sorry what about this guy who was walking to the world cup i don't i don't have an update on him this is about two weeks ago yeah uh, I haven't heard any updates, but he was—he decided he was going to walk from Spain to Qatar. What? Uh, f- you know, for the couple months leading up to a, like a long hike, uh, leading up to the World Cup, and he was posting updates, posted an update crossing the border into Iran on my walk, and then the update stopped. So, I have again, I haven't heard any update of if he was heard from or communicated with somebody or if Iran communicated that they had him or what, but. Those, you know, obviously those kind of stories are scary and frightening and who knows what went on and maybe you just lost service. I don't know. 
you know, these these are the kind of stories that are not somebody walking, but there's a lot of things to monitor and a lot of things to watch. And if you allow it to, you know, affect you, which I do, like it's going to impact you and your enjoyment of this event coming up, which I think is going to be fantastic. Otherwise update Spanish football fan walking to cutter arrested in Iran being held there was in good or is in good health. Santiago Sanchez Cogidor. Okay. So he's okay. So happy ending. No, of course he's in jail in Iran. Doesn't mean that he's free and clear. If that's a happy, he's alive. That's that's a good start. Sure. He was feared dead. They got, they got him. Okay. I, I didn't fear dead. I, I, I couldn't figure what had happened. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Why well, send over stories like this? Uh, because you know I'll be intrigued. Cardi B and Madonna were having troubles. Yeah. Now they've made up. By the way, Madonna was on social media a lot yesterday. Uh, boy, she's enhanced herself. I know over the years, but man. I guess she was flashing a rack, 64 years old. Well, she, I'm, I'm all about guilt, but it was a little bit strange. She took some shots, basically, at the uh, younger stars of today, kind of just living in oh, her shadow. Really? Oh, really? She set the precedent for sexualizing of artists and, you know, using that to promote yourself. Okay. And uh, Cardi B was upset because Cardi B is a big fan of Madonna. Oh, okay. And they actually were able to talk and uh, worked it out, apparently. Well, you know what side I'm on. Sure. Love Cardi B. Yeah. All right, quick transition. When we come back, Marcus Arroyo radio show right here on... ESPN Las Vegas.